Hello, it's Sean here, agency veteran turned business strategist, Forbes business coach, and host of The Growth Code. The place to be if you're looking to grow your agency with more ease and less stress. And I am here today with Claire Hutchings. Claire is the founder of Chime Agency, a marketing agency for agencies. And after 15 years working in-house as a marketing manager, she has set up Chime Agency, which is the antidote to the cobbler's shoes syndrome that I know us agency owners are very familiar with. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for being with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, when it comes to agencies marketing themselves, we're going to be talking about whether they practice what they preach today. And I've been pouring over the agency marketing benchmark report that you created. Tell me a bit about why you produced this report and what what drove you to create this this report? Yeah, it was, but for the best reasons. So we work exclusively with agencies and a few consultancies and we kind of just know instinctively as agency founders, leaders that marketing your own agency is just really hard. It's hard to show up consistently. It's hard to manage it with the kind of roller coaster that is the new business pipeline, managing that machine. Um, it's really difficult when your best people need to be as billable as possible um, to, to bring them off of client work. It's just really, really hard to do. Um, so we wanted to look at the kind of blockers that are common, appear to be common for lots of agencies, see if there were kind of similarities between the sizes of agencies or their specialisms. Um, essentially just to get, you know, knowledge is power and to help more agency businesses understand how they can kind of elevate and evolve their own marketing. Um, it was a big job, but uh, we kind of came up with the idea because when we run strategies for our clients, we almost always do a competitor analysis. And over the last year, I'd kind of built this scoring matrix that we use within our strategies. Um, so this project was kind of an evolution of that, really. We kind of refined and honed that matrix and we already had some of our clients and their competitors which we'd put through it. Um, so we added to that for this project. It's... Um... Like I said, it's full of gold and some of the stats I want to dig into today because there are loads of things that agencies can do better. And you mentioned knowledge is power, which is absolutely true, but it's not powerful until we put into action what we've learned, right? So I know that you mentioned in the beginning of the report, like there is this matrix that you've created. And I really urge people to go and download it. And I will share the web address at the end of this podcast. Um, there was a score, like 27 out of 42 was the average score for agencies. So just give us a quick summary of the start, middle and end of, of that score. Sure. So what we did was we looked at all of these agencies, over 100 agencies, and scored their website. Um, their positioning, their social media presence, and that included their founders and leaders' social presence. And we looked at their content strategy as well um, across their channels. Uh, and there are lots of questions within each of those areas, and that added up to a total of 42. So 42 was the maximum that an agency could score if they had evidence in every single element of our matrix. 
Um, the 27 is our benchmark. That's the average score across every element of the matrix, across every type of agency, no matter their size or specialism. Okay, thank you for the, yeah, just the background, the context, because I want to dig into one thing that really stood out to me in the report. So you mentioned that they are around, and I know this is a very hard number to pin down because the definition of an agency is very broad, but there are around 25,000 agencies in the UK alone. And we're in a bear market, but there are also lots of other downward forces on agencies. So carving out your positioning is really hard. So I want you to just talk about some of the biggest mistakes that agencies are making in their marketing efforts. And yeah, what do you think those three or four biggest things are that we can start talking about? Yeah, so um, firstly on the positioning, I think this is a really, really big one for agencies. Um, 74%, so three quarters of agencies that we scored had a poor positioning. So that meant that they scored um, less than half of the total marks available in that area of our matrix. But what was really interesting was then when we looked at the agencies with strong positioning, um, their score overall was 38% higher. So when they had a strong positioning, their marketing overall was um, clearer, more consistent, higher quality, uh, because the whole team, everyone that's working in the business is able to rally around a common goal. Um, and when you couple that with one of the biggest mistakes that agencies are making when it comes to their positioning is not being clear around who their target audience is. So 44% of agencies are not clear on their website or in their content on their social channels about who it is they're talking to. Um, and even if they are, so even if you're a web dev agency that works as professional services brands, um, agencies are really still not um, articulating the challenges that they solve for those businesses. So yeah, there's about 73% of agencies don't do that. So they're kind of two big pitfalls, really. That is something that comes up again and again in the conversations that I have with agencies. And, you know, it, it happened in my own business too, where I started my agency back in the 2008 crash. And I've, I've seen many a bear market, but there's this resistance to niching down. And I just want to ask, what would you say to an agency who's thinking about niching down, but they're really resisting that direction right now? Yeah, and I think I think there's a number of reasons why agencies are nervous to do that, and I get it. Um, I think there's a fear that they're going to miss out on a load of business if they say that they only work with one type of audience. Um, the other thing I'd say is that there's a number of different ways to niche. It doesn't you don't just have to niche by industry sector. Um, it may be more around honing your specialisms and your services or you there may be commonalities across your clients that aren't necessarily immediately uh, noticeable like a sector or, or a sector or an industry um i met an agency owner who reviewed all of her all of their clients um and they realized that 95 percent of them were all women-owned business or um they were founded by uh bain uh, founders and so that became like a hook and something that they really they had never set out to do that that had just been 
where they'd landed um and so that they could kind of craft their positioning their proposition around that so um yeah it doesn't have to be sector focused and i think that's a big kind of misconception uh and i think when you realize that if you can be um you can be a specialist in a particular area you can start to charge more so yes your pool of people may become slightly smaller but you can start charging more money because you're a specialist and people want specialists um you you probably know it yourself when you're searching for any number of uh different things for your for your agency you're gonna you're going to rather work with someone that understands how to work with agencies or small business owners or people that are in the same uh industry vertical as you it's just our human nature it's so true i always say to my clients if you've got something wrong with your heart you're going to want to have a cardiac specialist you don't want to go to a pediatrician if there's something you know wrong wrong with your heart and i always talk about this in terms of uh, pricing for profit it's so important and discounting your prices is something i i say you should never do and when you do have a specially high day rate because you are a specialist and you have carved out that positioning it's one of the things that can really improve the multiple so if you are an agency who's looking to exit this is something that can really help you with the valuation of your business as well um but not only that i think agencies as a whole have got really poopy margins so finding a way to charge more i am here for that every day <laughs> um, one of the ways that i know when i'm speaking to agencies one of the ways i know that they need to work on their positioning is if i cuz i meet i meet lots of agency owners every week and i always try and introduce them to somebody else that i know and if i come away from a conversation and i don't know who to introduce them to because they do a little bit of everything for kind of a little bit of everyone i feel like i can't make a valuable introduction that's going to be meaningful for both people and that's kind of my gauge on whether they are they've kind of got their positioning in a good place or not um and i think that's something that's quite an easy thing for you to kind of look inwardly on yourself and be like actually would it be easy for me to ask for a referral or an introduction to somebody that was spot on for for our business i just want to repeat that because that was profound that i really want agencies to listen to when your agency puts their share of voice above their market share they tend to grow so just everyone i want you to listen to what claire has just said you need to know what you're famous for you need to know who you help and how you help them and if you can articulate that in a way that's consistent other people will be able to articulate that and you will get more referrals and you will get more word of mouth business do i sum that up okay correct <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, profound so if there's one takeaway from this podcast then that is definitely the one that i want people to remember um that's positioning Yeah and it just so, makes the rest of your marketing way easier. So much easier. And uh you know like you said if you have something that you can focus on whether it's your specialism WordPress or branding or you have a particular type of person you like to work with women business owners BAME environmental brands or you do have an industry niche However you want to skin it that's absolutely great but it's going to make your marketing so much easier because you know who you're speaking to you can do that with consistency but one thing i want to say to agencies as well is that just because you do pick 
a niche, you don't have to put a stake in the ground and say that's who you're that you're only going to work with those people. Um, I know in my business, because I am an agency veteran, I love working with agency owners, but it doesn't mean that coaches and other types of service businesses don't still want to come and work with me because you you don't have to you don't have to say no. So there was something that you mentioned um, in the report as well, which stood out to me, where you said there is a near infinite amount of work out there for all of us to go after. So we just need to help our clients find us. Um, and I love that for two reasons. The first reason, I don't think that having a scarcity mindset is a good thing. And so if you have more of this kind of abundance mindset, you know, I'm all for collaboration over competition and all of those fantastic things. Um, but secondly, when it comes to selling, I find that creative entrepreneurs tend to tense up and clench their, clench their teeth because selling isn't easy. It's not something that comes natural. And it can feel like you're selling your soul. But this point about helping clients to find you is just another profound thing from this marketing report. Because if you truly believe in what you do, which agency owners obviously do because they've gone out on their own, they've decided to set up their agency, they obviously believe in what they do. So in a way, it's your duty to make sure as many clients as possible can find you so that they can work with you and not end up working with a cowboy or your cousin's friend's son in their bedroom or whatever it is. So it's yeah. your duty really for clients to find you. Yeah. And it's a duty for your team as well, right? Like you've, you've become a founder now. You're not, uh, you're not a freelancer, contractor anymore. You've most likely got a team beneath you and it's a duty to them too. And um, when you get this right, it will allow your whole team to be involved in that. It doesn't have to sit solely on the founder's shoulders. Um, it's something that everyone in the business can and should be involved in. Um, but but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Awesome. So we've been talking about the mistakes agencies are making and practicing, you know, what they preach. So I want to ask you if you could share three things that agencies could start doing right away to start making their marketing better, what three things would you talk about? Yeah, so we've already spoken about positioning and understanding their target audience. That would be one. Um, also kind of considering conversion, their goals, what it is, is what it is you actually want to achieve from your marketing. Is it awareness? Is it lead generation? Is it the fact that you want to exit your business in the next five to 10 years? Um, what's what's the end goal? Because how, what you do with your marketing, how you, um, what you do with your content, all needs to kind of ladder back to, to the goals that you have. And every agency's goals and every agency owner's goals will be slightly different. Um, but what we found with our research was that when we looked at agency websites, 33% of them didn't have clear call to actions on them. Um, and that was a really similar picture on social content as well. So that, that, that cuts deep. The basic hygiene factors that agencies should be thinking about, about driving driving um, your target audience through your site. What is it that you want them to do when they're there? You want them to take an action. You want them to do something. Um, so really thinking about that. 
definitely uh, the sort of third point would be around consistency and building a machine within your business. There's a number of ways you can do it, but to show up consistently. Um, I've seen agencies do it in a number of ways and I and I get that it's hard. We find it hard as well. And the one of the ways that, that we've done it uh, for ourselves is uh, working on one big hero project for our marketing, this research report, um, setting deadlines with like an event. Events are really good for deadlines because they can't be shifted, they can't be moved. Um, and working in a really uh, kind of concerted way. We we spent two days as a team, heads down, writing supporting content to sit alongside this report. And we've now got six months worth of content that we can push out periodically. So there's a, there are ways of taking like truncating, um, doing quite condensed period of focus time on your marketing. Um, the other ways I've seen it done is by uh, setting up in everyone across the teams in their appraisals, make it targeted that they have to support the marketing effort with really clear kind of objectives and actions for everyone in the team, not just the interns who often end up being the ones writing the blog, um, but your senior team members as well. Um, I've seen I've seen some agencies just really prioritize it from the leadership down um, so that it's not just on the founder's shoulders. And then the other way is to, to use use freelancers, outsource parts of your your marketing machine. It doesn't have to be all of it. It may just be that you outsource the awards writing part of that because you know that as part of your strategy this year, you want to become famous for X and you've got a great campaign. Um, outsource that bit to someone who can take it off your shoulders. It doesn't all have to be on you as a founder. I absolutely love that. So I just want to summarize. So first of all, schedule it and treat the agency like a client so that you've got a project to work on. Batch content, batch your marketing efforts. Make sure that the whole team becomes responsible for marketing so that it's all in, one in. Make people buy into that. I love that. Uh, and also outsource. So I'm going to talk more about the outsourcing in a little bit. but. I, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've seen a few downturns in my time. And I think that being agile and playing for the short term and the long term is, is really important in uncertain times. You know, so having a strategy, knowing what those goals are that Claire mentioned, uh, doing what you do best, which is being creative, I think is really important. And, you know, also working on those long term strategies. The tracking the numbers is important and planning out your demand generation. So you mentioned that statistic, which I have to say is still hurting me. 33% of agencies don't have a call to action on their website. That is still hurting me right now. So I like making these podcasts and, and I like making content really actionable. So if you are listening to this podcast, press pause, go to your website and go right now and check if there's a call to action on the website because you could absolutely be leaving money on the table and losing out on inquiries you know you work so hard to drive traffic to your website and you work so hard to to try and get people to look at what you do um so if they're arriving there it's kind of like talking about brownies i don't know why i've had brownies on my mind all day but if i keep talking about these amazing brownies that i make and these delicious brownies and then i get up from the coffee table and just walk away and never come back with any brownies that's what you're doing by not putting call to action on your website. 
One of the other things I see um, missed on agency websites too is, and this is something that I teach in my program, in the Agency Growth Code program, is that out of your audience, we find that agencies and service providers tend to be marketing to the tiny proportion of the market who are actually buying right now. So those are the short-term strategies that I mentioned. But we also need to make sure we have long-term strategies in place because people who come to the website might not be buying today. Um, they might be just researching. So you want to make sure that you've got those call to actions that get the inquiry, get the meeting, you know, whatever that goal is, but that you also have other ways to get them into your funnel, get them into your world and nurture them until they are ready to buy. So there's lots to think about, but I often see that missed. And if you're competing for that small yeah, portion. Yeah, it's really interesting at the minute. I'm seeing a lot of agencies choosing to invest their resources, budgets, etc., into working with lead gen agencies, which often are great and we work with lead gen agencies um we, we work really well with them because we don't do any kind of prospecting and lead gen um but that bit around uh the timing cycle like when you're if you only do the lead gen bit and you're only reaching out to book meetings with people who have an opportunity right now for your business you are you're missing out on everyone else in between and even if you're getting through to them they're like yeah we're interested there's often a bit that's missed either by the agency or, or by lead gen agencies around the nurture of those prospects. So they may be great in six months time or 12 months time, but we're really bad. All of us are really, really bad at tracking that. Really big agencies don't have CRM systems because no one's really monitoring that. Um, and so, yeah, purely focusing on leads at the bottom of the funnel, the bottom, the sales part of the funnel, and not thinking about the top of the funnel and the awareness is an issue for the long term. And it's really easy to think about the next quarter, the next month, the targets that you've got to hit. Um, but if you're not building your brand awareness uh, and the trust in your brand, then the medium to long term are always going to be harder. It's really interesting. I, if I've got a minute, I just want to say as well, really interestingly, we looked at the difference between small agencies and large agencies in our research and smaller agencies. So agencies below 15 people kind of overall performed lower below that 27 benchmark and agencies with 30 people or more tended to perform above benchmark. But when we looked at, um, when we honed in and we looked at the, what the CEOs and leadership teams of those agencies were doing, small agencies were really over indexing on, the social profiles of their leaders. And that makes sense, right? Because when you're a small agency, you don't have a ton of awareness outside of your leader's network, referrals, word of mouth, they're gonna come through your, your CEO and your leader. So it makes sense for them to have the profile um, and to be nurturing their network. The problem comes when those agencies wanna grow and they want to either scale to be larger or the founder wants to get ready to exit. It's almost impossible if the agency brand doesn't have something standalone that it can stand for. Um, so it, even if you're a small agency, five people, six people, whatever you are, it's still really worthwhile thinking about your agency brand as well as your founder brand. I think the agency branding is so, so important and you have to be constantly building, building that brand. I think that was a really valuable point. And um, 
I'm going to go back and read the report on that section again because that was super, super interesting. So this has been amazing, Claire. I just wanted to ask you if you had one piece of advice in general about business, about agency life, if you had one piece of advice that you really want people to hear and you really want people to take away, what would that one piece of advice be? Um, it would be to practice what you preach and try to become your agency's own best case study. I love that. That is perfect. That's going on a tweet and on a bumper sticker. So <laughs> we talked about outsourcing and we talked about, you know, leveraging how you can get resources and people to come and help you work on your agency marketing. I would like it if you could just tell us a little bit about Chime Agency and how you work with agency owners. Yeah, sure. So um, Chime Agency, I, I founded Chime a year ago. Um, I was freelancing a little bit before that. And before that, I've kind of done 15 years as a marketing manager in agencies. Um, when I was freelancing, I realized the scale of the problem that agencies face when it comes to their own marketing um, and realized that it was a business that could live outside of me and hence kind of grew a team. So we, over the past year, we've worked with about 30 different agencies um, from strategy through to the execution of their marketing. Those strategy projects might look like a go-to-market strategy. It might look like positioning um, and the articulation of who a, who a, a agency is, what they do and who they do it for. Um, or it may look at the kind of the channels, content and campaigns that an agency does across the rest of the year. We again can either give back a timed marketing plan to that agency for them to execute if they've got resource in-house. And if not, we work on a retained basis or a project basis to help bring it all to life. Incredible. So there's three clear benefits here of outsourcing this for agencies. One, I think you can collapse time, you know, because if you are an agency busy working on client work, working with Chime Agency or a team like Chime Agency to increase that capacity, you can just collapse time. I think that it helps to get accountability as well. So I know that if I have to have something ready, you know, for a strategy workshop with you or something, I think that kind of builds in some accountability. Um, and also, it just means you're going to get a fresh perspective, some fresh eyes on your agency, which I think is completely and utterly invaluable. So that is fantastic. Um, if anyone would like to download the benchmark report, you can go to time.agency forward slash benchmark dash report. And I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. But Claire, this has been incredibly insightful and this is going to be so helpful to agency owners out there who are struggling with that little dark cloud of trying to scale your marketing hanging over their heads. So I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and I can't wait to speak to you again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> High five. Thank you for listening to the Growth Code podcast with me, Sean Lennigan. If you're ready to crack the growth code for your agency or consultancy business, then DM me on social media, the word growth, or email hello at workwithshawn.co.uk. Let's see how I can help you navigate this wonderful, crazy journey of being a business owner and pave your path to permanent profits.